Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Monday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, betwixt the pair of us. We've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest. What you should know by now, jabronis, is that if you want to get involved with us, you can get at us on the Twitter.com, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. body. And Arthur Motes ain't that football. Ain't that life in the National Football League a week ago today at this time? We were going 17-0 and or at least winning 15 games because, you know, maybe we'd rest guys the last two weeks of the season when we had that number one seed locked up. Uh, the Steelers were kings of the world. We were all feeling great. You beat the Bills on the road. Yeah, it wasn't perfect, but you found a way to get a win. Certainly some stuff to build on. And now Arthur Motes, seven days later, the sky is falling. The season is over. Cancel the parade. Tank to draft a new quarterback. Fire everybody. It's good to be back. We're back, Arthur Motes. We're back. I thought that's what you're doing, overreaction Mondays. <laughs> Regardless, right? If you win, then everything has to be immaculate. That's yep. what we said last week. I'm just going to continue to follow suit with that. <sighs> but no, in all seriousness, man, is it bad that I'm not really surprised? Um... Like, I could see this happening, right? And yes. for yes. multiple reasons, right? Part of me asked myself, and I said it jokingly last week, and I wanted to ask you this. Would you classify that as a Tomlin game? Just because of the high of coming off of the Bills game. We talked about how not even just the players, but you think about media, you think about fans. Everybody was on guard. Everybody was on such high alert, such attention to detail about that Bills matchup. Mm -hmm. You could ask anybody in Steeler Nation, even the most casual fan, even the most casual fans, but still always, hey, Steelers always, right? Right. Even the most diehards of fans. Everybody had that that look of, hey, man, this is going to be a real one, man. It's, it's, it's Buffalo, like in Buffalo. They're the real. They're in the AFC Ooh, championship game. We got to be ready. beating us two years in a hey, row. Hey, but you know what? We got this guy. We could do this. Did we ever get that same sense of urgency? No. Nope. From anybody? No. This past week. In fact. We said it multiple times. We would say, hey, man, this Raiders team is actually good, though. Carr can get hot. They got some guys. I think we got this because of these matchups right here. And if these go the way we think, it should be good for us. But it was a ton of, man, we ain't worried about the Raiders. Bro, you saw what we just did? We went to Buffalo and Buffalo. We ain't worried about the Raiders at all, man. You know, that, they ain't never won nothing anyways. You and Brooders I were, overrated. You and I were both down on the North Shore having a good old time yesterday. We were. 80-90% of the people, and I don't want to speak for you, 80-90% of the people I talked to thought the Steelers were going to roll. There Not was even that close. There was yes. that portion that was like, hey, it's the Raiders, and just uh, look at the history over right. the last few years. And it's and, the home opener, Ben's back, but, but all these other things. But 80-90% of man. the people that you and I talked to thought that the Steelers were going to roll. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't want to I, – I, I hesitate to call it a Tomlin game, and here's why, Motes. I, I thought that the Raiders would cover. Like, I – 
I, I but thought see, it was covering going 20, you're cover right. versus a Tomlin game is different though. Because when we speak of a Tomlin game, we think of but yeah, how many times the past four times we played the Raiders, right. how those games have ended. Going out to Oakland a few years. We talk ago, about Cincinnati game. last year, right? right. right. Th- those are kind of how we would view it. And the only reason I said it was, granted, it was different in the sense that it's early in the season, so you don't have the clear distinction of the records being oh, this team only has three wins versus this team having five wins. Right. But when I speak of the Tomlin game, I'm talking of the perception mentally that we won this game before we even went to the stadium. That, to me, was the part where I just felt at times like, man, it's like everybody just seems so much confident, overconfident at times. I mean, and even to the point where towards the end of the week, it was no longer Max Crosby's elite player. It was, oh, he just did that because it was, ah, that don't matter anymore. Like, like. The old line, the second half, though, is just different now. The atmosphere was very, like, we're we're an SEC or a Big Ten school who's about to play an FCS. Very true. I mean, like. That was the vibe. Like, not saying that, hey, we can't lose to them. But it was Penn State playing. The, the confidence Kent State. was was at an all time high. It was WVU like. playing Long Island. It was Alabama playing Mercer. It was, yeah. Uh, I I thought the Steelers would win. But I, and we both I, thought they would win. I certainly did yeah. not think it would be a blowout. I did not feel, you know, the utmost comfort that the Steelers were going to win the game. Because you're right. I mean, the the Raiders they have some dudes. They have abilities to make plays. And I, you know what? One thing too. And I, I, I wanted to get to this at some point. So let's do it now. Like I don't want to hear excuses in that regard. Of ah, uh, well, the way the game played out. You know, TJ. Like look at how disruptive TJ was those first couple series. He has the strip sack, he, and, and then he's gone. And you're already down to it, and you lose Alu Alu, and guys are getting banged up. Hey, look at the Raiders roster too. They were dealing with a bunch of injuries themselves. We talked about as their well. O line. We said their O line is jacked up right they now had because two how many starters people were out missing. on the offensive line. Some of their best players on defense were hurt. So it's not like the Raiders weren't playing shorthanded as well too. But regardless of that. I mean, anybody that watched the game last night at the end of it, John Harbaugh said, this is a injury league. So we don't care about the excuses of injuries. We don't care about how many guys are out. Every team is going to have injuries. That's why your depth players become more important. So when we talk about depth behind these starters and why we spend more time with that, these are the reasons why. So when people are complaining last night, about Jameer Jones playing a good amount of snaps but complaining about the productivity drop-off, well, that goes back to the depth part we were talking about. That's why it was significant when we picked up Melvin Ingram because yep. it gave you an additional player in and there. Where, where would they have been without Ingram yesterday? Exactly. He was one of the few guys on the defense. that was Him and Cam Hayward were one of the Seriously, few guys man. that had, had varsity-level performances from start to finish. So that's why it is critical when you're talking about how you build a roster yeah, you got to make sure that you have enough depth to account for injuries because in the National NFL, everybody gets hurt. Every team deals with injuries. Let's not act like Derek Carr didn't have to get his ankle taped Seriously, up from getting man. rolled up on in, what, the yes. second quarter of that game? Seriously. Like, it they, happens, man. The Raiders the Raiders didn't have a clean bill of health either, so I, I, I don't want to hear that excuse. It certainly did not help. And there is something, like, I, I think everyone can agree on this. Man, when T.J. Watt exited the game— Derek Carr sure looked a heck of a lot more comfortable in the pocket. Yes, that is very he true. He was more patient. He was taking his time. He settled down. That had a direct effect on the game, obviously. Absolutely. But but that's a different conversation than making excuses for, ah, uh, well, the defense was just banged up. And I get it. They were losing. They had a lot of dogs that were out. Devin Bush, T.J. Watt, Joe Hayden, Alu Alu. I mean, th- those are significant contributors there. I'm not trying to be naive about that. 
but that's the NFL. You have to find ways to persevere through those things. And again, the Raiders' offensive line was missing two starters on an offensive line that already had their struggles this year. It's not like they were in perfect health either. And you know, maybe the the craziest part about all this, Motes, too, I, dude, they did a relative. They did a pretty good job with Darren Waller. Yeah, they definitely did. Five receptions for 65 yards. I think we would have taken that coming into the game. What? Because this is the approach. They said, essentially, we're not going to allow Waller to beat us. Make somebody else do that. For the majority of the time, mm-hmm. they were fine. The two guys that hurt him were Rugs. Renfro and Ruggs. Ruggs, mm-hmm. like, I look at the Ruggs play, and I say two things. Number one, if you're trading Norwood, go. Yes. He's blitzing. He hesitates. That half if step you, of hesitation right. gave Derek Carr all the time. When you hesitate on blitz, you're short a man in coverage. You're the guy that would be in coverage. Like you got nothing to hesitate. So for. You, you have to be the guy to you go. You got to be the bat out of hell, right? Just breakneck. Absolutely. On the like Minka, I get him taking the blame, and part of it is him, but at the same time, it's not because all game him and Edmonds shadowed over top of Waller. If you look on that plate, who did they run it out with in front of Minka to influence his eyes? Waller. So, to me, I didn't look at that as, yo, Minka, man, you got to just stay deep as the deep because that's not how y'all were playing all game. And the reason it was working was because nobody had really tried you deep. Everything was good. Nobody really tries Minka deep ever. Right. So, you finally got that opportunity where they caught you on a bind. It was the perfect storm. Absolutely. And then from there, Akello, man, you're outside in. The thing that Coach Simon always says is this. You never get beat to your leverage side. He did not do that, but you want to be competitive against away from your leverage right so for me i would just say akello try to stay as close as you can on that i know you're outside in i know you you might think you got a safety in the middle but you got to stay outside in on that and just be as close as you can baby because that's i mean you're in a bind based off of your your alignment and your responsibilities there but to me man i look at norwood and i say norwood you have to go you're unblocked you're the free rusher you're the guy that we're losing in coverage. You got to be the guy. That was a, rook, that was you, a, that was that a was rookie, rookie moment. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to go, though. And, and it's popped up with him. And honestly, that's the thing that made Mike Hilton so special. He blitzed like a linebacker, like a guy that knows how to I mean, rush the passer. No regard for anything else. Just no hesitation. In the quarterback's face. Right. Whereas yeah. with Norway, and this has been popping up. It's nothing new in terms of what I've seen on tape from him. He is a little hesitant when it comes to shooting, when it comes to blitzing. I mean, we saw that obviously in the preseason with some of the uh, the alley plays and screen plays where he had opportunities to, to attack and he kind of was hesitating. Last week, the flow was different. He didn't get as many of those situations. But, yeah, I thought yesterday, man, on the couple of blitz that he did have, I would just like to see him just go. Because yeah. if you go, that play can't happen. Carr can't pump fake that no. to hold Minka. At worst, he's throwing that ball right. away. Right, by him having time to pump fake, that makes Mika have to believe it and have to honor that, which gives which give Rugs that yeah. half a step. And you saw, I mean, it's a game of inches. That's how that play worked out like that. But that goes back to when you watch it on TV, you're not talking Norwood. Everybody's looking at Mika. Everybody's looking, looking at Mika Witherspoon. And, and it's like, no, yeah. it's not them, man. This guy has to make that play. He does. I'm with you. And I thought, you know what? thought in the second half, and, and this is something we don't do here very often, but the other guys, they're compensated very nicely, too. The mm-hmm. other guys, their jobs are on the line every Sunday, too. That's very true. I thought John Gruden and company did a good job with that in the second half. Like, they they found the places on the Steelers' defense where there was inexperience. Mm-hmm. You know, they stayed away from Minka in a way, except for on that one play. They, they tried to minimize Cam Hayward. I thought they did a good job of that, even though he had dudes on roller skates the Bro, whole afternoon. Cam they still found a way to move nuts. away from him. And, and they were. They were 
in a way, attacking the space a lot of times where Trey Norwood was occupying. Yes. That's smart. I mean, that's smart coaching on the on the Raiders' part. It just is. There was some good game uh, game. There was a good game plan. Some good calls there by Las Vegas. But it's it is it's still frustrating from from our black and gold glasses. No, no, for it sure. definitely was. Um, another thing that I would say in terms of just our offense versus their defense, at times I wasn't very fond of how we finished up front. I 100% agree. I thought, it was the opposite of the second half yes, in Buffalo last year. I, I thought at times some of the shots that Ben were taking could have easily been avoided with better effort in terms of the finish. Now, we've talked. I talked about Chooks last week when I was saying, hey, man, I feel like you know if it's a six-second play, he's going to give me four seconds really hard. And in the last two, he kind of uh, drops off a little bit. And he was really the only one that stood out to me like that. But yesterday, watching it again, I can point to every— They're all culpable. Every no, no, let me say it again. Every single lineman, because I know whenever we say lineman, people like to say, "Well, not that guy. He's our best one. Not this guy. We like him. Not that. No, 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 no." Every single lineman, I can go back and point to you plays where they took off and ultimately led to Ben getting hit. That's unacceptable. That cannot be the reason why Ben gets hit. If Ben is getting hit ten times because in that game yesterday. if Ben gets hit and it's because this player in front of you is just better, I understand that. It cannot be because he's outworking you, though. That, to me, is where you have to have the issue because young players are young players, and I get that. They will struggle, but your struggle needs to be skill-related, not effort-related. There is a distinct difference with that, and that, to me, was the most frustrating part Agreed. watching them yesterday, man. Agreed, and you know what? If that's the case against the Raiders, and hey, Yannick Ngakwe can play, Max Crosby can play. They ain't Miles Garrett, ain't Joey Bosa. They're not Bud Dupree. They're not Danielle Hunter. <laughs> How about to say? Darius Smith, Frank Clark. Long. I list. mean, you want the list to go on of all the great Cam, pass Cam Jordan. The they are definitely not Cam Jordan. Well, we won't see them this year, luckily. But they definitely not them either. Khalil Mack. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe are good football players. But you're going to see even better defensive linemen. I was say the they're not even the, the best rushers in their division. You think about the tennis in their division. <laughs> if we made a top five in their division, they're probably four or five at best. And you're gonna have to see those top three. Yes, because you're playing that. I'm gonna say here, you're gonna see all three of them. <laughs> but I'm just like, oh, you know, they're, they're not even the tops in their division <laughs> in terms of just edge rushes. Oh my god, Motsi, we got a ton of reaction coming in here. You guys know where to get at us on Twitter if you want to get involved. We will get to your tweets as we roll along. Two more things, kind of hot buttoned things from yesterday that we've gotten some tweets about that I know people are waiting to hear about. What do you think about the fourth and one decision? That's something that you know how we do that hindsight, that Monday morning quarterback thing. What do you think about that call? Um, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. I'm actually going to talk about this a little bit more in depth, too. When Professor we do, Motes uh, Monday Professor when we Motes. come back. Yeah, but um, I'm torn just because the flow of the offense, I never feel I, – I, like – the confidence that people have in the offense after the fact is mind-blowing to me versus when you're actually hearing them talk about and complain about this offense. We can't run the ball. We can't run the ball. Particularly in short yard we situations. We, we can't get a yard or two. Particularly we can't when protect everyone ben. in the stadium knows it's coming. <laughs> we don't quarterback sneak. We don't have his play action. But like We do all of this complaining. We talk about all these negatives. But then when you're backed up, about nine minutes left in the game, and it's fourth and one, 
And it makes sense to punt because you know, hey, if I'm choosing between my offense and my defense of which hill I would like to die on, I'm going to go with this defense right now, okay? Even when they're short-handed. I'm going to go with this defense. So for me, that's why I'm just like, I don't. I, I always find it funny that now it was a no-brainer. You're supposed to go for it. But when you go for it, and we know for a fact, because it was plenty of opportunities where we've seen it on tape, we know they struggle in these situations. If they don't get that, it's not even a. It's not even an option of if it's a game later on. I'm, it's not I'm, even an option. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm more upset about the fourth and four decision right. in the first half. That's my thing. I'm like that one. I'm like no because it and, and it actually once again worked out. Defense went out there and did what? Three and out, forced punt, got the ball That's back. That's why too. If if the Raiders don't get the ball back it. and they yeah. score points, so they take five six minutes off the clock. Sure, you 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 can react even more so. But that wasn't the case. And in fact, if you want to be upset, be upset that the offense could only get three points after the three and out that quick. That's, I'm, listen. There's there's plenty yesterday to be concerned by. It was not perfect from anyone. Everyone's culpable. Absolutely. Offense, defense. It was not a perfectly coached game. Everyone's got to you know take a bite of that stink sandwich. <laughs> but I, just to to me, I think there was there were if I if I'm listing the reasons why the Steelers lost that game, or if I'm you know if I'm listing my grievances. That's 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 not at the top of the list. I just feel like when people complain about that call right there, that decision, you're just complaining for the sake of complaining. Well, there's some PTSD from uh from Cleveland last year too. In the so playoffs. you're complaining for the sake of complaining because yeah. what does last year have to do with this year? We talk about that all the time, right? Because if we were gonna go off of last year, well, everything says not to go for it on fourth one. If that's the case, because we know how bad we were in those situations then. So which one is it? That's my thing. Which one is it? That's you know what? In all of this, maybe that's where we peel back the curtain a little bit. Like. Yeah. The Steelers, the Steelers need to have an identity in those situations. They have not for a few years. I, I don't like to be the guy who does this. Like, well, I know better than everybody out there thing. Yeah. But Moats and I were at every practice during training camp. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. We've done that in the pat. We've been at OTAs. We've been at mini camp throughout the last you know, three, four years that we've been doing this together. The Steelers run a, a drill called seven shots. If you've ever been to training camp, if you've ever gone to open practice, single day, you know what seven shots is. It's it's red zone offense against red zone defense. Moats, they do a lot of things when they do seven shots. What's one thing that we never see them practice? Short yards running that ball. Short yardage <laughs> situations no, no, no. running that ball. <laughs> running that ball? Because when it's short yards in practice, that's when we're going to work all them cute little, hey, we're going to fade be routes to the, the flat. We're going to try to sprint out. Fade like, routes to the corner like yeah. Antonio Brown's still out <laughs> right, there. Right, right. It's, it's not a ton of, hey, let's just – our guys are tougher than your guys running. We don't, they don't so, work that. If you want to have beef, my beef would be with that the Steelers don't install those things and they don't work on those things, not the call in that moment, if that makes sense. Because Correct. you haven't rehearsed for that moment. You haven't prepared for that moment. And, and again, that's, that's something to be concerned by. That's something to be frustrated by. You saw, you saw some creativity in that regard on the, the the jet sweep to Juju, the handoff for the touchdown to Juju. Correct. But it's like, okay, that was probably their one trick up their sleeve in those situations, and they they played that hand in the first half. <laughs> like, I just, I'm with you. Fourth and one, I'd like to see them line up and have Ben fall forward. But we've never, we haven't seen that. But my thing is, I don't even since need what, before that. Todd Haley. And my thing is, I don't even need that. You got Najee Harris. You have Derek Watt. Give me that if that's the case, right? But once again, we know that this offense struggles when it is a gotta have it running situation where everybody knows 
you have to run it. They aren't built for that up front. And that goes back to my decision of why I support Coach Thomas' decision to punt because we know. Why am I going to sit here and act like that fourth one would have been different just because it's fourth and one in the fourth quarter? What about the third and ones and the third and threes and the second and ones and all those other things that happened in the game that, once again, we struggled to get any type of movement up front? Najee had some good runs without a doubt, but it wasn't consistent enough to me that I would feel that confident, more confident in the offense getting that one yard versus I would in the defense getting that three and out. I agree. And you know what sticks, Motsi? Like, I, this isn't going anywhere. I think this is, this is going to be the back-and-forth struggle this season. I just – what are they going to do? All of a sudden, they're going to get much better in short yardage situations. All of a sudden, they're going to get much better on possession downs. I just, I don't see it, man. Like I, they've got to start winning more on first and second down. That would be a that would go a long way. That would absolutely go a long way. But it's like, <laughs> that's the most annoying part to me, Motsi, is the whole off season. The whole off season, the onus was on the offensive line in the run game. Ever since the Browns came into Pittsburgh and whooped the Steelers' butts. On super wild card. Hey. That, you heard it from Art Rooney the second. You heard it from Kevin Colbert. You heard it from Mike Tomlin. You heard it from Ben Robinson. You heard it from every person in the organization that has any type of power or any type of say in what the Steelers do. From from the biggest power player and Mr. Rooney on down the list. You you replace the offensive line coach. You replace the offensive coordinator. And you go from 75 rush yards against the Bills to less than 40 against the Raiders. That to me the team is that the we, most that we said was worse against the run. That also. that to me is the most frustrating part of all this. We can nitpick the calls. We can say whose fault is this. We can talk about the effort. All these different things. But the one thing that they place the biggest onus on this off season at getting better at, they've gone backwards in two weeks. <laughs> that's that's frustrating. And I I try not to. I think I do a pretty good job of this. If you if you look at my years with the, doing Eagle stuff as well too. This is my seventh season covering an NFL team, all right? I like to think it, I do a good job of, like, taking the emotion out of it in a lot of ways, right? Because I, I do want to have that fan side to me, certainly, and that's why you guys listen and it's, it's the passion and the energy and everything. But I also want to be objective. I also want to be honest when I do these things. But, Motsi, that's frustrating to me. Like, I don't care if it's from the media side, if it's from the fan perspective of the black and gold that still runs in my veins, like – you can't spend an entire offseason preaching about the number one area where you need to get better and then look worse at it week to week at the start of the season. Yeah. <laughs> but the, 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 the reason why I say it like that is because I feel like we always do this song and dance, especially still in nation, especially early in the offseason yeah. Oh, yeah. during training camp. We will bring up a need. We will talk about the best way to probably fix that need. But then it's always met with, we don't need that. We have this. We can, Oh, this guy, man, we really hire him, man. He'll be fine. And we do that back and forth, whether it's the organization feeding that to us or just the fandom, the black and gold glasses that we look through just feeding that to us. And then we get in these scenarios. And we say, hey, man, well, why is it that the running game isn't working still? Well, we got, we got this running back. Why isn't it working? And we'll go back and say, okay said you have to have the guys up front. We've shown different examples of when you have the guys up front, it's a lot easier to put a back back there and get away with it. Right now, we have the back. We don't have anybody up front that's clearing out holes consistently enough. Correct. No one. No one. And that's the issue. 
when you talk about the glory years, right, the 2014s, 15s, 16s, right, when those guys – Best line in football. Best line in football. It was consistent. It wasn't, hey, we're going to look great for three plays, and we're going to look bad for two plays, and then we're going to look great for one play, then we're going to look bad for another play, then we're going to look great for another three. That is hard to, to formulate. That's hard to build trust with. If you're a running back running behind that, what, I mean, if I'm telling you, Wes, hey, man, you're supposed to hit this on outside the tackle. And one time the tackle gets reached, or, or one time the tackle gets put on his butt, one time the tackle makes a great block, one time the tackle flat out misses the block, and one time he goes the wrong way. How confident are you going to be going forward when I tell you to run this ball outside of that tackle? It's really going to be outside the tackle. And those are some of the things that you're dealing with. It's true. <laughs> and then when we start bringing in different players, tight ends, I mean, it's been times with all of them as well where, all right, great block right here, Pat. Hey, great block right here, Gentry. Oh, man, all right, we got to get better on that one. Mm-hmm. All right, you missed this guy here. It's a roller coaster. But that's, th- those inconsistencies are what make the running game look the way that it looks right now. So when you have part of it being player-related, right, or personnel-based, because we don't at, at times we might feel, hey, man, we could get a little bit more talent at this position versus that position. Sure, sure. If part of it is talent-based, but then the other part of it is just the uncertainty of who's going to miss an assignment or who's not going to finish this time, how can you expect to get better? You can't. Like you, I just don't understand it. But we tell ourselves these lies all the time that, hey man, it's going to be better because why? We won last week. Well, so it matters because, because they're rookies; they have to get better. Yeah, they're going to get better. Absolutely, going to get better. Why? That's not how it works in the NFL, man. It's not. I understand we we wanted to be that way, but that's wishful thinking. For it to be consistent, you gotta you one of the two things got to change, man. And, and that's the struggle too. When you, when when we, hey, listen. Again, I've said this a million times. I'm I'm at I'm at danger of saying this as many times as I've made the Minka Fitzpatrick Beatles joke. Uh oh. But like, <laughs> when the when the when the effort like we all knew that what what I was gonna say we all knew that the offense wasn't gonna be a Mona Lisa, particularly to start the season. I've said that a bunch of times. The offense is not gonna be a Mona Lisa. It's not gonna be the Sistine Chapel. But when you're questioning the effort too, can't be effort. That's when it gets concerning. Because you're right. It's it's one thing to have young guys. It's one thing to have rookie mistakes that you know are going to happen when you're starting two rookies on the offensive line, when you've got a rookie like Trey Norwood, right? Like, you know these guys aren't going to be perfect. We're not expecting Trey Norwood to be Ed Reed or to be Darrell Revis as a seventh-round pick rookie. No, no. Yes, we are. We're not expecting Kendrick Green to be an, to be that, an all-pro. That is definitely like not the, what I like heard. Like the last guy to wear 53 that, no, center. That's definitely right. not what well, I've been hearing. At least you and I, the reasonable oh, okay. people I was about to say because – that's my other thing. I'm but like the way when, the way we hear about it versus how it is when night the, and day. when the effort and the mental errors come into play with that what we know is is not a Mona Lisa. Nah, that's where you got the issues though. That's where you yeah. got the issues. Get at us on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. When we come back here, we will go into the classroom with Professor Moats. You want to know what really happened yesterday? Uh oh. And Moatsy will tell you on the other side when he breaks it all down. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.